There are shows in this world that we will never fully understand, understand, except Ghost Adventures. We have watched every episode to build our obsession, our fandom, watching alongside each other because no one we know really gives a damn, gives a damn. Watching Zack and crew catch groundbreaking proof of the paranormal, inspiring us to explore our own interest in otherworldly phenomena. This is our podcast. We are Paranormal Quintas. Hey, 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 everybody. It's me, Leah. And it's me, Bethany. And we're the who? The what? The when, where, why? I think that's the paranormal boothas, baby. <laughs> it makes my toes wiggle. <laughs> it makes my toes tingle. That's the beady sister. Bro, I knew you was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you set me up for success and I love you for it. Only always love you. <laughs> well, enough about our medical conditions. Yeah, let's talk about this hot episode we got coming your way. Today, we're talking to Lindsay Brisbane of the Chilling Podcast. Oh, yeah, baby. And it's a good one. Hope you enjoy. Wait, hold on. Scratch that. You're gonna enjoy. All right, Lindsay, we are so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. I totally appreciate it. I'm pumped. Yeah, so let's get spooky. Oh, yes, yeah. we're so <laughs> <laughs> and, and really, I really just want to start with saying one, um, when you reached out, we instantly kind of jumped out, jumped into the podcast, and you're doing an amazing job. Like I have yet to finish it. I'm a little freaked out. I don't know if like how soon I'm gonna finish your stories and, and your experiences and what you're putting out is really awesome and you're doing an excellent job and just really thank you. <laughs> thank you. You know, funny enough, I've had a couple people say uh they had to stop listening because when they got to certain really scary scenes, they were actually having paranormal paranormal activity in their house. Oh man, yeah. And they were like, they're like, they're like literally they're like stuff is going on in my house so i had to stop it but when it got to certain scenes i i loved it but i can't it's too scary and i was like okay and i was like shit i hope i'm not getting other people's houses haunted but what are you gonna do <laughs> i'll make sure to, to finish listening at work uh <laughs> so on there yes listen at work listen at work that's a good idea <laughs> well Lindsay, of course we're really excited to have you here and we want to uh just kind of let you jump in for our listeners uh if you could really kind of kick off with your first paranormal experience and and what started this all for you <laughs> sure yeah so i mean i have a lot and um you know, some of the ones I had when I was young, I would say they were maybe less intrusive, less scary. But I grew up in a household where the paranormal was really normal. Um, a lot of my fam family members have abilities. We've had a lot of experiences as groups or, you know, together. Um, but I figure I'll start off with one that's really scary. Um, and it's a great one that was the first one that I'll put it this way. This is my first paranormal experience that was really, really terrifying. So I was in college my freshman year, living in Terrace Hall at Kent State University, and my roommate was Lane, who you hear from in my podcast. But um, we heard a rumor that there was a haunted dorm on campus. And being, of course, like ghoulie girlies, we were like, yeah, <laughs> like 
we want to hear all about this. So we started researching it a little bit. Now, this is like early internet days, folks. That's how old I am. So it's not like it was easy to research. Uh, we didn't have Instagram or anything. It was just like folklore, urban legend, rumors. Sidebar to this, we randomly become friends with a campus police officer. And so, you know, his name was uh, Jeff. We called him Cop Jeff or, you know, Officer Jeff or whatever. And we would hang out sometimes, like, which is kind of weird. But, hey, we got along, whatever. So one day we say, is there really a haunted building on the property? And he goes, yeah, actually. Like, uh, you know, for example, he said, you know, we still get 911 phone calls from within the building. But the building shut down and there's no phone lines. He goes, officers don't go in, don't like going in the building. So he actually told us what building it was. So then we, we asked him more and he said, well, the rumors are, he goes again, rumors. But what I can tell you is we get 911 phone calls and stuff from a place that we cannot get calls from. But he said the rumors are that some students in the 60s or 70s had committed suicide by jumping off the roof. And there had been a couple of them who had done so. And so eventually there was haunting spooky stuff going on in this dorm and the college just shut it down. So me and Lane decide we're going to go in and we're going to check it out. And my roommate Reba, uh, who you hear from in the podcast as well, was our sidekick. And so we decided to be safe. We're going to go during the day. So we're going to break into this building that's locked down in the middle of the day uh, on campus. We had been past this building many times and it was abandoned. We just didn't realize this is the building. So Reba's standing guard. We search the building. We're trying to be super casual. We find an open window. We're like, we're climbing in. This is how we're going to go. So, you know, we slide in the window. I think we cut even cut classes that day. We were trying to like do it at a time where like everybody would not be around. So we like, we really were like serious about getting in this building. And so we get in the building. Um, I think I push Lane in. She helped me in. We're in there. We shut the window. And the first thing we see, we're in this room and there's all this architecture students like models of like buildings and houses he had made for school or someone or she, whoever had done it, or they, whoever had done this had made all these buildings. And they were really intricate and cool. And we were kind of like, wow, they left all this in their room. So we go to the next room and we, we go down the hallway and we start looking around and what was really weird is people's stuff was still there. So like, I would think that if you're closing down a college dorm, like the whole building, like everyone would take their stuff when they left. But as we're walking through the building, uh, A, you can tell it's been closed for a long time, which was weird because this campus, although it was an older campus, was pretty well maintained. So it was strange to be in a building that like filled with dust. Like you would imagine like when people go to a haunted abandoned location, except it's like right in the heart of like where everyone's walking around. Like you see it, and you just don't notice it. So we're looking in these rooms and there's some people's clothes are still in there. The mattresses are still in there. Some people's beds still had like bedding on them. We're like, this is weird. So we decided to go down to this, what we thought was like almost leading to a basement, but it was like a sub basement. So it wasn't a full basement. It was weird. And we walk into this room and it looked like the boiler room from Nightmare on Elm Street. And Lane is like oh shit she's like dude this is extra creepy and i had a miniature polaroid camera like they made the tiniest pictures you've ever seen in history i don't know what i think i was going to document with, with that this is obviously everyone before cell phones had cameras and video okay we're doing the best we got 
And uh, we go into the boiler room and I'm taking pictures and out of nowhere, you know, and my friend Lane, just like me, she's tapped in. She's got abilities. She just reaches out and slaps me on the arm and she says, we have got to go now. And I'm like, dude, we just got in here. Like, we just skipped school. We broke in. Like, what do you mean we got to go? She's like, something's off. Something's here. We got to go. So I'm like, okay, like, let's go. We walk up these little stairs and we turn to go back the way we came. But I look down this hallway and I snapped a picture with my little zoom and I pulled it out and I like held it and I look and I go, what is that? And Lane's looking and she goes, dude, what is it? Oh, I'm getting the goosebumps right now. What is that? And at the end of this hallway, what was strange was it was daytime. So we have all the light coming through all the open doors. So this whole hallway, if you can imagine, the doors are mostly all open and light is coming through the doors. It's well lit. So and at the end of the hall, when we had first come in, it was dark, but it wasn't like lights off dark. There was still light going there. But now it was like really dark and there was something like standing there. It was huge. This see-through black mass had made that whole area so dark. And we're like, what is that? And as we both kind of say it, what is that? It starts to come towards us. I mean, fast. And as it's coming towards us, the doors begin to slam as it's coming from that direction. Boom, 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 boom. And we are running. We don't even go out the way we came in, which was the sneaky way. We just bust out the doors of the building, right? Like just boom, we come running out. Reba's standing there and she's like, guys, like so much for being covert. People heard you slamming all the doors. Like, what were you doing? Everyone heard. And now there's people gathered around who had been walking by, even though the classes were not, people heard it. So we're like, we got to leave. We got to run. So scary enough, we've got an entity coming down the hall, doors slamming, so scary. But we go back to our dorm room that night and we slept in bunk beds that were both like the bunk was where we slept and underneath were our desks. So at night we would both be up high and I'm in my bed and Lane's in her bed and I hear this faint growling sound at first. And I'm kind of like waking up and I'm like, wait, am I hearing growling? And then it was just like, and then it got really growling, like loud. So I go, Lane, shit, Lane. And she's like, I hear it, man. There's growling. And it got louder. So together we're like, run. We jump out of our beds. We go to the dorm bathroom and we're in there talking. And I'm like, we must have brought something back from the building. Holy shit. I'm like, you know, you hear about this but I think we did it. Oh no, what have we done? So we're in the bathroom and Lane's like, man, I gotta tell you something. I'm like, what? She's like, I took something from the building. And I go, Lane, what do you mean you took something from the building? She goes, when we were in that room with all the cool architecture models, I just love one so much. It was just a small one and I put it in my bag. <laughs> and I go, are you insane? And as we're having this discussion, in the bathroom, we hear the growling and it comes at us like loud. We run out of the bathroom. We run to our room. I say, get your bag and get that model. We ran at night in the dark back to this building where we just saw a mass got chased out. Now we've got the growling. I go, your ass is going in there and putting it where you took it. 
And of course she said, I can't do it. I can't go back in. I'm so scared. I said, fine, I'll do it. So now it's night. There's no lights. There's no electricity. I have like the smallest fat flashlight in history. She hoists me up. She's kind of peeking over because it was like a higher window. So she's like looking in and she's like telling me, she goes, it was over there. It was over there. So I like take the piece back. I put it down and I'm like, whatever's here, whatever we brought home, you're not like welcome to leave with us. We apologize. I am sorry. Like, and Lane's like shouting in the window. She's like, dude, we are so sorry, man. Like, we did not mean anything. I'm sorry I took it, but please don't come back. She helps me out the window. And that was the end of that. Thank goodness. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have like, uh, is that something that you do normally now? Or like, I, I don't know, like kind of like a ritual almost of like, don't come, don't attach to me. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because I've had that happen a lot. And sometimes people say stuff like one time I brought home an entity from a cemetery. I was doing, I, I was a photographer, especially prior to COVID. And um, I would do all kinds of shoots. I did shot, you know, did photography all over the country. But I, uh did just two random shoots at the same cemetery like two days in a row and I think it was either Adam or my mom I can't remember who I don't know who to, who to blame but one of those two was with me and they said wow I'm really surprised we haven't brought anything home with us because you know you've been here two days in a row and I looked at them like guys why would you say that don't ever say that and I'm like whatever no 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 so go home and we end up having an attachment and we're seeing a shadow guy in the house. And I knew it was just something we picked up. I could tell, I could sense it. I said, we picked it up. So one day I just kind of was in my house and I said, Hey, oh, whoever's here from the cemetery. I know that someone said that and you thought it was some sort of invitation. It was not. Please come with me. I walked to my car. I opened the, the back door. I said, please get in. Come on, let's go. Shut the door, drove back to the cemetery, got out opened the door and said you can stay here or you can move on to the next thing but you're not coming home with me and um and we didn't have the shadow figure in the house after that so that's really cool that is really cool um i yes because we we like to ask or just kind of know about what type of rituals or what because i mean once you're in this stuff i mean or what's it's happening to you you got to Protect yourself. Protect yourself. Yeah. So that's really, that's really cool to hear the extent, right? Get in the car. <laughs> I literally was like, get, I mean, and if anybody heard me or somebody, they're like, what? And then I have all kinds of stuff. Like my dad loves antiques and I'm like, dude, that's just covered in stuff. No. And I'm like saging everything outside when we had a house in, in uh, New England. I'm like saging boxes and, you know, like people are probably like watching me in my yard. Like, what is that crazy witch lady up to? And I'm like, no, I ain't bringing it in because I have so many experiences. I don't need more. So it's like whatever I can like push away. But usually if I go to somewhere where I can tell it's haunted or something's going on, especially after what I learned from in my my podcast story experience, I have a lot more courage now. So I'm not afraid to really set boundaries with these things and just like say you're not welcome. Like you have no power over me. You know, don't come with me. You can't do it, you know. Um, and I also am not afraid to kind of challenge things, too. If I can tell they're being pushy, like to be like back off, like this is my space, like move you know whatever you are so easier said than done of course I still get scared and startled you know but uh, overall that's my goal yeah stay back so yeah so I, I made a podcast for anyone listening it's called the chilling podcast and um, I lived in a really haunted house uh, when I was in college literally two year two two or three years after me and Lane decided to hop in the old uh, dorm there and I 
all my life I was interested in the paranormal and I wanted experiences, you know, like I, I sought them out, uh, after living in that house, not so much. And I don't need to, because after living in that house, both me and another tenant named Laura, both say that whatever was in that house, our senses are now elevated to a new level. Like it's, it's, we went from where we were to in a whole other place, but so essentially I move into this house and I'll try to be speaking thrift here, but I walk in, we, we, we get into this house and on the first day of being there, I go, this place is haunted. Like I just knew. And when we had seen the house, which is something I talk about a lot in the story is like, what was weird looking back, the landlords never let us look at the house by ourselves. And I don't mean like at all. I mean, like they came with us were interviewing us, especially me, the whole time, asking all kinds of personal questions. And if you try to like walk into a room by yourself, they would literally say, no, 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 wait, 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 come back in here. We're going to all go in there in a second. And every room we went to, we went to as a group. And, you know, at that age, I had never rented a property outside of a dorm before. So I had no frame of reference for as, as someone renting as a, basically a kid. I had no frame of reference to know that that's not how it goes. Like they ask you some questions, you fill out some paperwork, maybe they do a background check, you get it or you don't, that's it. There's no uh, touring the place with the landlords room by room and space by space. And when it came to the basement, that was exceptionally odd because where the turned out to be what we would call satanic graffiti was on this wall. They tried to prevent us from going down there and seeing it, and they were kind of blocking us from seeing it. So looking back, it's pretty clear that they didn't want us to uh, to um, be in any part of the house alone. And I found out, a little bit of a spoiler alert from another tenant, that they knew that it was haunted. So I do know that. But we move in, and, I, and right away, I went, something's not right. That sickening guttural, I'm not alone feeling. And I mean, I could be in my room. And I think the craziest thing for me was like, I would get the sense like somebody staring at me from a corner or or standing next to me. And I would get that feeling, okay, something's next to me. And I would get the guts to be like, I'm going to touch it. And I would reach my hand or I'd walk over if it was in the corner and I would put my hand into it. And what was wild was that it had substance, like putting your hand into like a thick, like vapor or steam, like you can feel it, you know, except it was cold, you know, and I could physically feel the difference of that atmosphere and like where I was. And it, and then I could reach around and there would be nothing else. And it would be just the right size of like a living being or something. It was that and I could be in bed at night sleeping and just feel there's something standing next to the bed. Like I can tell and I could reach out to touch it. And I have memories too. And I don't think I went into it in the podcast because so much happened. If I tried to put this all into that podcast, it would be like a 40 episode podcast because so much happened. But what I can tell you is, for example, and I don't think I talked about this in the podcast, I could be in bed and um, I knew something was in my room with me. I would feel it like sit on the bed. Like I could feel it sit down. And it wasn't like a 
like a oh hi there like maybe how uh, somebody who was passed on a spirit of, of a person who's trying to communicate with you it was more like i know this is freaking you out and i'm gonna freak you out a little extra you know and then became the tv thing and that's a big one so right away um my tv was hooked up in my room we had had a cable guy come and the cable guy saw our bedrooms and our hookups and the number of lines we could have and he said look you're upstairs all by yourself i'm gonna do you a solid and i'm gonna hook up cable in your room illegally and we're not gonna tell anybody and i'm not gonna charge you for it but the way it's hooked up is gonna be really weird Back in the day, if you're super young listening and have no frame of reference for this, when you used to watch VHS tapes or DVDs on a standard DVD player, you often had to switch like almost channels to like a weird static channel to get your VCR to go on and you'd see the little number on the top and boom, boom, it would go. The problem was I no longer had that. So the way he had helped me hook up everything, he said, look, when you go to watch a tape or something, doesn't really matter what channel you're on because I can't get you into that section. Just put it on and press play and it'll go um, and it should work. And we tested it and it was fine. So I didn't have a quote unquote static channel anymore. It just it wasn't in my TV. I just had all the straight cable channels from the box. There was no more channel two or three or whatever the hell it was. So I could be in my room and the first time I really remember it happening was when I was trying to go to sleep and I was trying to go to bed just in that state of when you're nodding off and boom, my TV turns on full volume, static, all the way up, like almost blew my speakers so loud. I mean, you sit up, you're like, what the heck? And I knew it would wake up all my roommates, especially Reba, who was living below me. So I like would have to run over and like turn it off. And I'm like, what the heck? And then it started happening more. And when it would happen was only at times to scare me. So I'm in the process of either putting on a shirt or taking off a shirt. You know, that moment where your head's like half covered and it would happen. And I would be so frazzled. It would just make me jump and jolt. And I felt so like somebody's like intentionally picking times, you know, or I might be having like going to walk out of my room to leave and, you know, in a rush for school. And as I'm walking out, it goes off and I like, you know, almost fall over and drop my stuff. And I'm like, Jesus, you know, and I would try to replicate this. I mean, I would try so hard to get this static channel to go on but what didn't make sense was I couldn't my volume didn't go up by itself I had to physically press the little buttons on my old school big bubbly tv or use a remote to make it go like there was no way it would just turn on and be full volume so I was just like what the heck is happening here now, at the same time, starting on day one, which to me to this day is the craziest thing I've ever experienced. I've never had anything like this since. I don't even understand it completely. I started to have a nightmare. The thing is, I had only one dream on repeat for a year. So if I woke up from this nightmare and I would wake up just totally freaked out. And I would go, it's just a dream, it's just a dream, go back to sleep. As soon as I fell back asleep, it restarted at the beginning of the dream. I woke up again, it restarted at the beginning of the dream. So having the same dream only for a year. And this dream, it built in like a layer. And it started on the first night I was there, where bits and pieces of it started to come together, like a plot or a storyline involving this, this woman, if you will. 
in a white dress. She looked exactly like, for any horror fans, the girl from The Ring. <laughs> it looked exactly like that. Hair in the face hanging down and everything in this long white nightgown. And it was just so creepy that I'm, what is this dream, you know? And um, it just kept getting worse and scarier. And I started suffering from sleep paralysis like at the same exact time. And I had never had anything like that plus this dream you know and, and eventually it just got to a point where what was in the dream and I describe it really in depth in the podcast but it turns out to be a demon you know and there's no way that I can sum I've never seen anything anyone listening I've never seen anything scarier not in a movie closest thing I tell people is in Conjuring 2 there's a part where there's like this nun in the house and the the trees gonna you know go through Ed Warren and this whole situation and people are flying around a room and glasses breaking but uh, Lorraine Warren character comes in and basically says the demon's name and it's like nun face like blows off and you see all this stuff beneath closest representation I think I've seen still not as scary not by any means at all and I started to think I think I don't even just think this house is haunted. I think there's like a, I think there's a demon in the house, you know? Like I started to go from this is a ghost or something to I think, I think there's a demon in the house. And at the same time, I've got my roommate's personalities changing, people not coming out of their rooms, so much so that we had to do wellness checks because we thought that is our best friend uh, dead? Did she commit suicide? Like, we don't know what's going on. And when is she eating? How is she eating? When does she use the restroom? Like, when does she shower? And, you know, it turns out <laughs> that that re roommate, Rebecca, um, in the end of it all, we didn't speak for about a decade. Um, she ends up moving out. And after a decade, she talked to me for the podcast. So it was the first time I got to hear what happened. She would hear me outside her door laughing and like doing weird shit against her door and cackling and, you know, and like whispering and talking. And and she started getting really like angry about it and anxious. Like, why is Lindsay playing pranks on me all the time? And like, what is she doing? And she would say she could see someone standing outside the door. So she's hearing what she thinks is me. We've known each other since high school. And she's seeing someone outside her door. Now, what's really bizarre is that at some point, she got irritated and flung open the door to see that I wasn't there and also realized I wasn't even home. So she's hearing me, she thinks, or someone laughing outside her door and doing weird things. And she can see feet. And then no one's home. And she said what's weird is looking back obviously something else was going on but in her mind at the time it didn't matter she was so she goes I don't know what was wrong with my my mind like she goes looking back I don't know what I was thinking none of that made any sense it just didn't I knew you weren't home and yet I still was mad at you for like playing pranks on me but looking back clearly it was a an entity she's like because you weren't there you weren't even in the house um so it slowly just started driving people crazy, you know? So from there, you know, what's interesting, I don't talk about this in the podcast either. So, you know, a little something for your listeners. So 
so I had the stairwell to my room was really strange. Um, always made me have the most sickening feeling. It was such a weird, the stairwell was closed in. So usually when you think stairwell, usually you come downstairs, sometimes it's closed in. At some point it opens up or some stairwells to the second floor open the whole way. Like you can see through the railings, whatever. This was almost like a tube. Like it was the whole stairwell from the base to the top was completely closed off with siding or you know whatever kind of wall it was and it was carpeted and um and it felt tight and boxed in and really weird and i remember that i had all these paintings i was an art student at the time so i had paintings and drawings everywhere huge things so i figured the stairwell really wigs me out i'm gonna put up some artwork and just make it feel less like a a weird tunnel and make it because that's what it felt like it felt like a tunnel you know it was weird and it was narrow and tight and and the ceiling was low it was just strange so I thought you know I'm gonna put up some big artwork and make it more colorful and maybe that'll make it feel better so I had these canvases when I say big I don't know the size but we're talking massive massive canvases so I would hang them up they would fall down the stairs and Reba would freak out because she would come out and there would be like stuff all blocking her door. So finally, Adam, my boyfriend at the time, husband now, he's like, I'm gonna help you. Clearly you don't know how to put stuff up if it keeps falling. And I'm like, yeah, okay, thank you because she's getting so mad at me, but I need to put them up. I like hate this, this stairwell. So he must have put up on this one, no joke, I don't know, a hundred tacks. Like he had it hung from behind and he's like, nothing can make this fall. And he lined then the entire perimeter of the thing. And I was like, do you know what you're doing to the wood? He's like, I don't care. This doesn't make sense. I'm making sure it stays up. It's like, great. I think he used tape too. It looked ridiculous. But I was like, whatever. As long as it doesn't fall and make my roommate mad, I'm it's fine. And then if the stairwell looks left like some tunnel from like the Sentinel or something, I don't know. Like, this is great. So it's up. I come home from school one day and Reba is screaming. And at the bottom of the stairs, that canvas and the other one and two are blocking her door, but they're not blocking like they just fell. They look like if you picked up canvases and put one and then two against her door, like take that. And all over the floor, there's those tacks everywhere. Every tack fell out, not just the bottom row, all the tacks fell out. And she's freaking out and I'm trying to explain to her, do you not understand that this is like physically like impossible like there's not even one little tack left up on the wall like did you pull them out i remember being like did you do this to start a fight or something like did you go because you really don't want this stuff hung up and pull down all the tacks and throw them all over the stairs and she's like why would you accuse me and it like became a big situation and i was just like i think the thing is doing this and what i confirmed later from other tenants is same deal if you hung stuff up in that house, whatever was in the house would bring it down. Did not want anything up. And it would do it intentionally to start fights or to make chaos. Like, it was weird. It was just so weird. So, you know, gleaning from that, you know, you start to just go, okay, my friend downstairs ain't coming out of her room. And she's becoming really aggressive and angry. And we're talking about the most passive person in the world. Even in the podcast, she talks about herself as basically being a pushover. She was like the most non-confrontational person you've ever met. And now we're having fights 
where I'm thinking she's pulling this stuff and making things happen intentionally to cause arguments. And, um, and it turns out neither one of us are doing it. And, but nobody, I believed her. I knew she didn't do it, but she certainly didn't believe that something else was at play. So here we go to the next phase of the problem. So I live on these creepy tunnel stairs um, in a room with the cold spots that are walking around and my TV going off. And and it's just terrible because I'm the only one living in this house that knows we're living in a haunted house. And I'm also, because of this nightmare, the also only person who's completely aware that I think there's a demon in the house. And how can you tell t- two people you're living with, one who won't come out of their room, who can't talk to, and the other who doesn't believe in anything. Now, my roommate Amber, biggest skeptic on the planet, doesn't believe in shit. She doesn't believe in anything, as a matter of fact. I mean, not even like religion. So how am I going to convince somebody who doesn't believe in So I've got nobody to talk to about the fact that, hey guys, we got a ghost, we got a demon, I don't know what's happening, but we're in trouble, you know? So, so starts the running on the stairs. The running on the stairs. And What's crazy is this house was so old and so small that, for example, like if I was in the kitchen and I slammed a kitchen cabinet, I mean, I would hear it upstairs in my room. This isn't a big house. This is a tiny house, very old, the way it's constructed. I mean, you hear everything, you know, so we always had to be very conscious of sounds like again with my TV going off upstairs. I was freaking out because I knew everyone would hear this. Um, Weirdly enough, no one ever did. But um, if I was watching a movie, they could hear it, which I was always kind of like, that's a weird thing I didn't bring up in my podcast. But if I was upstairs watching a movie, I might get a holler from Reba. I can hear it. Turn it down. Um, But when that TV would go off, not a peep not nothing no one heard it and I would think how can you not hear my speaker about to blow on my television on static but you can hear like a movie on the lowest volume possible so you could hear everything in the house so Reba started complaining about me running on the stairs and this really came out in a big group argument we had as as a household because at this point it got to where we had to have a house meeting to talk about the problems that everyone was having with each other because nobody was communicating and everybody was getting pretty fed up with each other over nothing except for me. I'm just like, guys, there ain't a problem except we got something you know, ghostly going on here. And I'll never forget being in the meeting and Reba freaking out about the running on the stairs and hearing running on the stairs and me having to explain, it is not like, I don't know what you're hearing, but it isn't me. Like, I'm not running on these stairs. So from that, Rebecca moves out, and my best friend of all time, she's more like a sister, Lane, who I told you about, hopping in the old dorm just a bit ago, uh, she moves into the room, and I was like, thank God, because first off, Lane's got abilities. So I'm like, this is great. She's moving in. I've got abilities. She's got abilities. She's going to help me sort this out. I kind of warned her. I didn't quite say, hey, I think we got a ghost demon something situation here. But I was like, the house is, we've got some some issues here, some paranormal issues. We even told her everything that happened with Rebecca. Like, I really, without disclosing my nightmare and demon stuff, like, pretty much told her the house is pretty bad. So be, be ready. And she was like, whatever, we got this. Like, this is nothing. Lane moves into the room, and now Lane's not coming out of the room. Now, the biggest complaint Lane starts having is the running on the stairs. Cannot stop talking to me about, you know, Lindsay, dude, like, 
you sound like a like a train. Like, what are you doing on these stairs all the time? And I'm like, I tiptoed up until there was a pretty major incident. But up until the big incident that I talk about in my podcast involving these stairs, up until that point, I literally would tiptoe on those stairs. Because again, I've got Re- Rebecca who is so mad about everything. Like if she heard a noise, she would be like, keep it down. And I'd be like, Jesus. So like if I was going up my stairs, like I was tiptoeing because you could hear them creaking stuff. So it was like, I was always conscious. So Lane's talking about the stairs and I'm thinking, dude, like what are you talking, stairs this again? Like it isn't me. Like what you guys are hearing isn't me. Like I don't know what you're hearing, but I don't hear it in my room either. So I don't know what you're talking about. So one day Lane hears this the running on the stairs and she's like, damn it, that's it. And she hears it happening, like in the moment of hearing the running. She said it was so loud, like it would shake stuff in her room. She swings the door open, seeing that she's going to see me on the stairs. There's nobody there. Sound stops. And she was like, there is absolutely no physical human way. Like, there's no way I would have not seen you coming up or going down with that sound. And there is no one there. And now it's crickets in the hall. And it hit her. Oh, God, there's something in the house. From that, she starts hearing this sound coming from my closet that she was like, I don't know what you're doing upstairs. Like, I don't know if you and Adam are having sex. I don't know if you are doing jumping jacks or like calisthenics. Like she was literally like, what are you doing inside your closet? Okay. Like, cause the sound is insane. And, um, I remember being like, dude, nothing. And what's weird. I don't talk about this in the podcast either. So another little spoiler, I guess, insider thing. There's something really, really weird and bizarre about my closet. I don't know how to describe it. It was like, that was not my property. And I was trespassing. You know, every time I went in there, I was trespassing. And it got to a point where I remember that my closet was really big, too. So it was great. I had this giant room, this giant closet. I'm terrified of the whole place. now, <laughs> And uh, and I can't access my own closet because, like, going in there, something would be in there and I could feel it, like, on me. And it was just, like, get out of my space like mad like a kid would be mad or something like a teenager and I was just like dude so I actually had to take all my clothes and pull them to the front of the closet so I could just like stick an arm in you know and anything I didn't really use like for the whole year just sat in the back and I was like I won't even bother so I got to a point with the closet that I would um just kind of always just make sure I could reach everything. And I actually started taking my clothes and folding them and putting them on the wall outside the closet because I was like, I just can't enter my own closet. Now, mind you, also the closet door would open by itself. I mean, really freaky. So I propped it open, which made it even scarier because I hated if it would open. Like it would be like the middle of the night and I'd be like tucking in and I've got a demon. I got a ghost. I got all this shit going on. And all of a sudden I'm like tucking in and I hear my closet door like click and then just like and I'm like now I roll over and I'm just staring into the depths of a dark closet and I don't care how old you get. We all think there could be a monster in our closet. So I'm like, but there is because I can feel it. So then I was basically like, screw you, closet demon. Like, I'm going to keep my closet open 24-7. So there's no more door opening. And I'll just have to stare into the scary closet all the time. So I actually propped the closet open because I was sick of it opening. Like at weird times. So anyways, Lane's hearing 
calisthenics or whatever the heck she thinks is happening in my closet, which at that time I never worked out, by the way. So I'm like, dude, why do I look like I'm doing jumping jacks? Like I was like a really heavy drinker. Like, you know, I was like, dude, I ain't doing no jumping jacks, especially on my closet. What? But I couldn't hear it. So we got to a point where she would hear it. And she said that like pictures would almost fall off her walls. Like the banging was so hard that like things would be like bouncing off the walls. So she one day she's like, all right, let's figure it out. Like I, we pinpointed it, it did end up being the closet because originally we didn't know. She just knew there was a sound coming from my room that was like the loudest noises you've ever heard. And it was like shaking her room. And so then like I went up in my room and I would like jump around and then she's like, no, no, no. And I remembered thinking, oh, no, the only space left is like the demon closet. But like, I got to go. So I remember I went in the closet. I'm like, I'm going in, but I'm only going for so long. Like, tell me if this is it. And I like jumped up and down and she's like, that's it. That's where it's coming from. And I remember I stepped out and I was just like, of course, it's coming from that closet. But we couldn't understand it. She could tell me last night, you know, 1 a.m. It was happening upstairs. I could hear it for like, you know, minutes long, shaking my whole bedroom. And I'd be like, dude, I, I was just up there watching a movie. Or there were times she would hear it. I wasn't even home, you know? So, and, and again, this isn't creaking of a floorboard or a couple footsteps. We are talking stuff basically going to fall off her wall, you know? So, you know, fast forward from there and more weird stuff starts happening. Now, we have stuff happening all the time, by the way. And like I said in my podcast, I couldn't fit it all in. Um, but things opening all the time. Cupboards, doors, you know, to a point where like people would be like getting frustrated. Like you left the silverware drawer open because you shut it. Like I almost banged into it and everybody would be like, I didn't do that, you know, but like is that you know and to this day is that paranormal or is that living with roommates I can't say definitively but what I can say is I don't think I ever lived with anyone or anywhere and had that much stuff just be randomly open all the time and and having people getting angry about it you know I lived with Amber the following year in another apartment we had no problems with drawers and cabinets you know so all I can say is that house certainly did I don't know if it was poor construction I don't know if it was the demon I'm gonna go with it was an entity because I know it was doing it in my room so why wouldn't it do it everywhere else um and so with that you know when this is a really intense story but you know, I had been trying to tell my boyfriend, look, dude, I think the house is haunted. And, um, you know, I, I think I, less than telling him that it was just more like weird stuff. Like I'd be like, I need you to walk me to the bathroom. You know, I need you to wait for me outside the door. Like if I needed a snack, I'd be like, I need you to come with me to get it. And he'd be like, and it wasn't like, at first he was kind of like, oh yeah, okay. And then he was like, how scared are, like, what are you doing? You know? And... And I think, you know, anybody who listens to the show, I think part of it was I had been in a really abusive relationship the year prior. It really comes into play until a lot of the stuff that happens in the house. But I think to him it was clearly she's scared this guy's going to find her and get her. Like, I think he thought it was more that than like ghosts because I hadn't really said, hey, I think the house is haunted. Not yet, at least. But I was just like, I need an escort at all times when it's dark out. And so um, one night we're in bed. And it's October in Ohio, which means it's freezing. And we live in a little old house, which is 
freezing and I live with Amber and Amber does not like to spend any extra money that she does not have to. So ain't no heat going on. Okay. Amber's like throw on double sweatshirts and some socks and put an extra blanket on your bed. The heat does not go on until it like dips down to the thirties. Okay. So, you know, like we're like, okay, I'm like, dude, whatever. I'm from Ohio. It's fine. Um, and it would be really cold in my room, like really cold. Um, and so one night I'm in bed with Adam and I hear my fan go on and it was an oscillating fan. So it's the kind that's like on a tall stick off the floor, circular. It kind of, it kind of goes from side to side. Right. And it had a very, a very specific clicking sound. Cause I broke it when my first storm. So when it got to a certain point, it got stuck and it was like, click, click, click. I'm sure anybody who's had one knows if you mess it up. Right. Click, click, click. And I was like, and then you'd hear it kind of come back normally. And then you hear that click, click, click. So it had its distinct Lindsay's fan sound. You knew it was my fan. So we're sleeping. And I first, I I think I first remember feeling the air and being like, dude, it's so cold. And like pulling up my blankets, like, man, like I know it's October, but good God. And then I hear my fan going on. Like I can hear the sound of it with the feeling of air blowing. And I hear the click, click, clicking. And I know it's my fan. And I'm like, did Adam get up and put the fan on? Is like, he nuts? Like, Adam, Jesus, it's already cold enough. I'm freezing. So I shake him awake and I had this little lamp um, next to my bed. And I shake him awake and he turns the, the light on. He doesn't hear or feel the fan at first at all. And I go, did you put the fan on? He's like, dude, look, the fan's not on. He's like, what are you, ta- what are you talking about? Go back to sleep. And I'm like, okay, okay. And at that point, I'm laying there, like, you know, eyes wide, just like trying not to look in my scary closet, like don't know where to go. And I always try to sleep next to the wall and like almost put my head against the wall to just be as far away from anything in my room as possible. So I'm like just laying there like, please, please, I just hope that nothing's happening right now. But I knew like inside my body, I was like, I could feel the chaos of energy in my room. I'm like, something's in here and it's about to do something. I know, I know, I know it. And all of a sudden the freaking fan, you hear it go, ding and on it goes and it's blowing air and I'm listening to it thinking oh no I'm going insane like there's a fan going off I've clearly had a mental breakdown he's not hearing it this is it this is it maybe the house isn't haunted after all which is a big fear of mine I am crazy crap except Adam goes the freaking fan's on he's like what and so he's like the fan's on and so he sits up we're in the dark for a second we both can hear and feel it he goes the fan's on the fan's on and i'm like i know i know i know he's like what so he turns on the lamp and i'll never forget seeing him he like stomped so hard like the way he looked doing it boom 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 over to the fan and he just stops and i remember him just standing there he stood there i don't know it felt like forever it was probably like i don't know 10 seconds but he just stood there in his underwear and his t-shirt just like standing there And I'm like waiting for him to turn around. But I also kind of remember getting extra scared. Like, why is he not moving? It was almost like Blair Witch puts the kids in the corner. You know, like I was like, what's happening? I was like, oh, no, this is really bad. He's not moving. But then he like bent down and I'll never forget. And he turned around just holding the cord. And he's like, Lindsay, it wasn't even plugged in. And that's when I was like, I get the goosebumps every time I think about it. But and that's when I was like the house is haunted man and so he got back in bed and he's like what's going on and I was like you know like 
here's and I start and I started telling him little examples of things. And he's had a lot of experiences in his life, so he instantly was like, "All right, like I think you're right." He's like, "I haven't felt anything or sensed anything yet, but that is clearly paranormal. Like we're dealing with something." You know, and from that moment, so much happens, but it was game on. Like from that moment, it was like once I had somebody who believed me, I also feel like whatever was in the house was like, no, no, no. Like almost like it didn't want anybody believing each other is the best way I could say it. It was very unhappy with the result, although it chose to do the fan thing. I don't know what it was thinking. We were both in the room. Um, But from that point forward, activity just went through the roof it was just wild so i'm curious was the fan actually like blowing or was it just something y'all were hearing Uh, to this day i don't know how to explain it because we felt it and heard it so we felt the air like you felt it coming up the bed when we both sat up and he's like the fans on i'm like dude i know the fans on um we sat in the dark for a second with the sound of it the clicking of it like and again it had a very distinct sound right so the the blowing and the clicking um before he turned on the light which was extra weird because it was like as soon as he turned that light on the fan wasn't active anymore but we both know we felt it we both knew we heard it and boom it's just like laying with the running on the stairs like oh i hear her i'm gonna catch her running on the stairs boom open the door and it's just like crickets it's like the activity would be so intense and then in those moments where you would think you would see it or catch it boom it's just silent which was so freaky did you ever hear the running that your roommates did because you mentioned her hearing the running but did you hear it too never and that was the thing just like the jumping in the closet like and i would think to myself like I don't understand what how how loud they're saying it is. And I remembered at some point going, part of the reason this stuff keeps falling. Like I started connecting dots. Like the things I was hanging up that would fall is cuz whoever's running on the stairs is running so hard. It's like making it come off the walls is what I would think. Um but I never heard it. And and again, I would be in my room have someone complain about it, like Lane especially. Reba didn't really say much about it until we had the big group fight, but Lane was very like, dude, I heard it. And she'd be like, dude, you're in your room. Like, whatever's running just ran up to your room. And I'd be like, don't say that. And I'm like, but I didn't hear it, so I don't want to, you know? Like, I never heard it. And then eventually when I had my incident on the stairs, I always thought... I don't know, like, because that was me running for my life. That isn't what they would hear. Um, But there was something to chasing and running on those stairs. There was something really disturbing about those stairs. And it turned out for other tenants to be the same issue. So is that house still there? Oh, it sure is. And uh, (laughs) people still live in it. Yeah. Um, I know you said that uh, tenants still have experiences. Um, Is that something we get to hear on the show as you talking to people who still live there? Yeah, you know, a big part of what I wanted to do with this podcast was I never let it go. I couldn't. I lost my friend Rebecca. We didn't speak really until I did the podcast. We did it. We were actually on a paranormal show. It was the first time we all saw each other. And she was still very standoffish. When we did the podcast, she really told me everything and and it all made sense. But I mean, I literally lost like a best friend for life. Somebody I probably thought I would have talked to for the rest of my life just vaporized, gone from my life. So I never could let go of the house because, you know, whatever was in it, it was just and what happened to me in this house. It changed me forever because 
I always thought, you know, I was raised to believe like I was raised in a Christian household, but a zany one. Like, again, we talked about all the stuff. My parents were like, oh, Jesus is an alien. We had all kinds of weird, you know, shit going on. So so we were open to everything. But the main thing I was taught was like, as long as you have faith and as long as you ask for help from God or angels or whatever, like this stuff can't hurt you. And in that house, I'm not saying that like evil won over good because in the end it was like a battle, which is a battle. But it was the first time I was like, God can't always help you. I mean, I know that's a horrible thing to say, but or it takes time for him to help you. There is no instantaneous relief. You know, in the end, God is or like the name Jesus, I guess, especially is what saved me in in a lot of the nightmare scenarios and certain things. But I never thought like if you have faith that these things could actually physically harm you or stalk you or do these things. And in that house, I learned a tough lesson, which is like demons are demons are tough, man. <laughs> and, uh, and no matter what you think you can protect yourself with or how you can protect yourself with, if you're not in the right state of mind or you're not doing well or these things can hurt you, you know? And I wasn't prepared for that. And that was the hardest lesson I had to learn. Can I ask, or is it a spoiler? Like, is it confirmed demon? So, you know, I, I, that was the other thing about doing this podcast. I wanted to find out, was I alone? Were me and my roommates the only ones this happened to? And I just had this feeling like, almost like it was twofold. Did this come with me via my abusive relationship? Was this some weird thing that happened in the cosmos and it was a one-off or is this a thing and I just had this feeling like I think it's there like I think this is a thing and if it is I knew in my gut I we cannot be alone like and if we are alone that's fine but I just knew something really evil is in that house and if it's really evil we're not just talking a ghost I've had plenty of interactions with ghosts and I learned I used to be afraid of ghosts I'm not anymore at all I now know the difference between a demon or dark energy and just a spirit no more fear of ghosts I interact with them all the time hey guys it's great I get you this was so different and so frightening on every level that I just had to know what was going on. Were we alone? So that's what it became. It became researching. I, I worked with a historian. I became like a PI, man. I found every name I could. I mean, I'm reaching out to people left and right. A lot of unresponses, a lot of just like not getting anywhere. And then in the end, man, I got somewhere. And um, after hearing people's stories, after speaking with a demonologist, speaking with the psychic, what he picked up um everybody said the same thing it was a demon like nobody even said ghost everyone i talked to was like that was a demon like i know and we all just knew like it is what it is and after speaking and it was really scary too because after speaking with a demonologist i never considered this before which is really messed up i didn't realize i was almost possessed by a demon which is like my biggest fear, by the way, ever. That or like, I have this other weird fear of that, like, I'll get busted out into the, like, if you've ever seen the movie The Stigmata, that for some random reason, I'm just gonna like, suddenly start getting the stigmata. I don't know why, I've always had this random fear. Like, I'll be with people and I'll be like, ah, and like, grab my forehead and like, blood starts coming out and I'm like, oh shit, it's happening, the stigmata. I'm not even that religious or anything, but I'm like, shit, I just a fear of mine. 
and and it goes in hand. I used to have a fear as a kid of spontaneous combustion. I guess I have weird fears, but a big fear of mine was being possessed by a demon because I'd be like, that must be the worst thing that could ever happen to you. And it wasn't until I spoke with demonologist Michael Salerno and he starts going through the stages of demonic oppression and all possess- and all these things that you hear in movies and shows. But then he like basically said to me, he goes like, you do realize like you were in the last stage, right? Like you were, you were in the final stage of possession. Oh, it gives me the chills. And looking back and as I'm making the podcast and examining the story with a very like journalistic lens like taking as much out of my personal feeling as I can and really trying to do it like a journalist telling a story or almost like an audiobook but but journalistically so I'm not really thinking you know I write 13 scripts I get all the information I do all the research I put all but I'm actually not to be honest thinking about what I'm actually writing and reading I just am putting down facts and all that I remember and it wasn't until he like broke down with me over the phone what was going on to me and he asked me all these questions and then he's like you do realize you were in the final stage right like you were almost possessed by a demon like you are so lucky and I looked back and I went oh my god like I actually remember and I bring it up in the podcast a little bit the feeling of being jumped I guess you would say something else coming into me and for split seconds me being like pushed back and coming out of it and just being back in the moment and being like, well, that was weird. Almost like a something else took me for a ride. And I never associated that with possession. But I think after speaking with him, that's exactly what was happening. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, you find out as the podcast goes, I there's you can and I try to show for people if you don't believe in ghosts by the way and you're listening to this I have plenty of friends who don't and a big part of this podcast as well was trying to come up with other things that could have caused what we were experiencing because I wanted to know for myself like was this what we thought happened were there other possibilities like this is this is trying to really analyze what is a haunting you know and what are what is a demon why do they do what they do i mean so but at the end of the day yeah i think we all if everybody put in their vote demonologists psych, uh, the psychic everyone who lived there they were like yeah that was a straight up demon you know and i'm glad that you know you're sharing your story with the world because it's insane but it's also just so fascinating you know like this morbid curiosity of like what this could be so i'm grateful i never experienced it but thank you <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> for sharing yours so we can learn more about it and just kind of you know take in your story and, and learn more yeah and i think like a big part of it for me too is you know i've had a lot of listeners write me i've talked with a lot of people and a lot of them just say like i'm going through something not as bad but enough that i know you get it like you're the only person i think i've ever heard that gets that it's what it's doing to me or how what's happening and so i also look at it as like a cautionary tale you know like I warn people all the time, you know, I have a, I, I have abilities so I can see things, I can hear things, I can sense things, I can interact with things. And what I can tell you is, like Michael Salerno warned, if you don't know what you're doing, just don't do it. Because, you know, it may seem like a good idea at the time. And you know what? 99 out of 100 times, nothing's going to happen. But on the off chance, that 1% and you don't know what you're doing, I, I'm here to tell you that evil and demons, I, I, even if you don't want to believe me, that is fine. 
good for you. Actually, anyone who's like, I don't believe in ghosts and demons. I'm like, that's the best thing I've ever heard because that means you've never had anything happen. And that's so great for you. And I hope you continue through life with that attitude because that means nothing's ever happened to you. But I will say like, these things do exist and beware, man, because if you don't know what you're doing, you could be in serious trouble. And I went into this situation as somebody who had always wanted experiences and always knew a lot and was raised in a religious family, at least to a sense that I should know how to protect myself. And I was torn down and I almost didn't make it out of there. Like I know that I almost for real did not make it out of that house. So really, really, uh, this has been very, very cool to hear. And I feel like we could do this for like 10 <laughs> really and now i'm like all right well now i just gotta go listen to the podcast on my way way home because i want to hear more Uh (laughs) well you know and i try to break it up i tell people a lot because i have a lot of friends and families who get pretty freaked out so i try to i try to pepper the story with the scary stuff and i throw in a lot of folklore a lot of history a lot of research a lot of interviews i try to kind of you know, again, it's like an audio book. It's like a, a big, long narrative piece. But the hope is that you can make it through it. There's some real, and I will warn you, I've had a couple people say, like I said, that they've had stuff happen at home. I know pe- I, had, I actually had somebody drive off the road. I literally had someone write me and say they were listening to a part. They weren't expecting it and drove their car off the road. <laughs> they were like, oh, God. They were like, think I was on a country road where no one was around. It was like off the road gravel screaming. I had somebody say they were in a grocery store with their Uh, earbuds in and forgot what they were doing and they didn't realize it was such a scary scene and they screamed at the top of their lungs and everyone was and she was like I'm listening to a podcast and they were like (laughs) okay so plenty of scary stuff but also some good information and I love folklore so there's a lot of that weaved in too yeah I think from what I've heard of it um I think you do a fantastic job of exactly what you pitch that it's a journalistic take you know much more subjective and you Mm -hmm. did a lot of research and you can tell you put so much work into this show and it comes across very beautifully done and hearing um because I started at the at the end actually I started at your epilogue and I was like oh wait this I shouldn't be listening to this (laughs) (laughs) and then I had to go back and go to episode one but um but you talked about how you did this all on your own you know like you did every aspect and and me and Leah do the same thing and it's a lot of work a lot hard I don't think people people think you just record and put it out and you're done like there's so much like you said you write the scripts you do all the audio stuff you know so it your show is insanely impressive to have heard that you did it the way you did it well thank you yeah it took me three years because when I started it I laugh about it now but when I started it's like ah this will take me six months and uh once I started working on I was like oh no this is not going to take six months. And I had all these people ask me, when will it be done? And nobody had a sense of what it was going to be like. And honestly, it was a huge risk for me because I didn't know if what I was making was actually good. I felt like Dr. Frankenstein making his, you know, uh, the making the monster fra- or the, whatever the uh, doctor's name is. I can never remember it. But whatever the doctor's name is making Frankenstein, I felt like him because I was just like, I don't know if what I'm making is going to be really good or really terrible. And I'm letting people hear it who know me giving me feedback. But I don't know if they're biased like I don't know um all I knew was this isn't just my story it's my friend's story 
It's other people who I've contacted stories. Um, and I need to do a good job by everybody because it's an important story. It's like, you know, it's the user's guide onto how to survive a demonic haunting. <laughs> so if you're gonna have to, you know, do it, do it for other people, do it well. So I thank you because it, it was a lot of work. Um, and like you said, I don't think people realize how hard it is and how many hours just, it's a lot, even just editing how we're doing this. My season two is going to be more conversational. I'm working on an hour long edit and it's been like, you know, three days just trying to get it done. You know, so when people are like, when's the next season? I'm like, whenever I get it all together, guys, because it takes forever. And yeah. so, you know, and I, and it's not because, yeah, right. Like people are like, bring it, bring it, bring it. And it gives me so much more respect because I hate to say prior to doing this, I was a podcast listener. I love podcasts who would be like, when's the next episode? Now I don't give a shit. I'm like, if I don't hear from my favorite podcast for six months in a new episode and I see it, I'm like, oh, excellent. It's here. Like, I have no more pressure for anyone. I'm like. I don't care how long it takes. I get it now. And if you're just doing it on your own and you're not backed by a big team of editors, um, you know, you're flying solo, man. You got it. It's like, it is. It's like Han Solo and Chewie. You guys are alone in the in the freaking thing, you know, flying around no. trying to get it done yourself and your plane's falling apart and you're trying to fix it. Like, you know, the Millennium Falcon, yeah. like you're on your own speed. <laughs> warp speed trying to get it done it trying to get it done with people like chasing you 24 seven. Where is it? Where is it? So thank you. I appreciate that. And the same goes for you guys. And I hope your listeners understand and appreciate the work that goes into even our conversation today, because I know what it takes. So thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, and I also appreciate, thank you for making our jobs easier today. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and just taking it over because that it's just, it's so much fun. And uh, it's been such an honor to talk to you really. Well, thank you both. Um, yeah. So, you know, if uh, anything else ever comes up, you ever have any questions, please reach out. And obviously with the two of you, um, as you keep listening, just send me messages. Let me know what you think and where you're at. And if you have any questions, just reach out. Oh, definitely. Because oh, yeah. you're you're in Austin now, right? Or are you still? I, I am in Austin now. I'm an Austin person. An ATX or I'm so Welcome excited. <laughs> Thank you. I've always wanted to live here. So I'm finally here. Thank goodness. Yeah. Well, I, I don't doubt that we'll cross paths one day being in the, the paranormal, you know, being on the scene and stuff. So I'm, I I have a feeling we'll be in touch. <laughs> cool. Awesome. And I always joke, too. I don't know if you guys ever are big into investigating or doing anything, but if you ever want a sidekick, I've never been. Um, And I always joke with people. I'm like, dude, if we go and it is haunted, I tell people this all the time. I'm like we go somewhere and it's haunted we because i'm there i'm like a conduit i'm like stuff's gonna happen so just be ready but i've never actually ghost hunted in my life or done anything like that it's just if if it's so i always tell people I'm like well if, if somebody ever wants me to go with them i'm gonna be like covered in a thousand medallions like i'm gonna be so scared i'm gonna be i'm a chicken i'll be covered in more trinkets than you can imagine and people will be like what are you doing i'm gonna be like fending off i don't know because it's coming whatever's here is coming for us and we're gonna have it happen but hopefully we can get together and do something spooky sometime together that would be amazing yes yes, yes. <laughs> well, no, i still of course want to give you the opportunity to kind of shout out the podcast where oh yeah what you got going on because everyone needs to go listen and and find you yeah <laughs> thank you yeah so it's uh the chilling podcast you can find me on instagram under that same uh the same name or you can visit uh www.thechillingpodcast.com uh all 13 episodes are available on the website it's available on spotify apple podcasts and just about everywhere you listen um so the first 13 are there epilogue is kind of a an announcement of what season two will be which is currently in the works and 
you know, that's going to take a little time, but it's coming along. So, um, but anyways, please check out the show. And as you listen, you know, reach out, let me know what you think. And if you've experienced things or ever just want to share what you're going through, I always tell people, I'm always here to talk to you. Uh, I know what it's like to live through something really scary and not have people get it right away. Um, so if you ever just like, dude, I'm going through something. I just need to vent to somebody. I get a lot of those emails and that's totally cool. So, but anyways, I hope you check out the podcast. Be ready to be scared. Maybe listen with a little holy water. Maybe put a couple drops in your drink as you're listening. I don't know. Spritz yourself. Uh, but there are scenes, I will warn you, that are very graphic and very terrifying. Um, and I think that if you really want to learn a lot more about the paranormal, I think this is a great podcast to kind of dip into really analyzing what goes on inside a haunting. Why does it happen? What makes it up? Um, and hopefully you'll check it out. So thanks. Thanks, girls. Hey, thank you. It's been such a pleasure. <laughs> All right. Well, you two have a great night. Now let's let's touch base and, and take care. Bruh. Bruh. Whoa. I can't even believe how awesome it was. That is like the best personal paranormal experience to end our season five with, man. It was so juicy. So juicy, juicy. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was fucking perfect. Lindsay is a fantastic speaker and an insanely good storyteller. And her stories are so intense. And it was so cool to get to, to talk to her, you know? Like, even though it was over Zoom, it was just cool to fucking talk to someone who is just that great of, you know, a storyteller and an, and an artist. Her podcast is fantastic. Oh, yeah, man. I got to agree. I know that we are huge fans of the podcast. I think you've already listened to it, what, like 10,000 times? Uh <laughs> yeah, I did. I listened to it like three fucking times, bro. <laughs> and no matter how great it is, it's still very fucking creepy. So I need a cleanse. Let's do. Take a big, deep breath in. Release that baby out. And now you're cleansed, mother suckers. Oh, man, I feel it. And I hope everyone participated in that cleanse because goodness gracious, it was needed. <laughs> yeah, we got to let them demons out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, big sis? What? My name's still Bethany. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'm still Leah. And we're signing off with two besitos. From these putitos.
Did you even hear that? <laughs> I did, and I have my work cut out for me for tonight. 